because it's getting ready to be on. Welcome, gangsters. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been... You guys are so young and stupid. No idea who you're talking about. It's a faith-based sports radio program. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. I'm not certain that that format is ever going to work. I have a high moral standard. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out, world. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this station. We would be honored if you would join us. Good morning and welcome to the program. Benson and those guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. TownandCountrySolutions.com. It is bee season, so don't get stung handling it yourself. Call Town & Country for the solution. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. For the next hour, those guys, Zach and Darren and myself, will be talking sports and doing so from a faith-based perspective. We know you're going to hear views and opinions that you won't find anywhere else, so we're glad to have you along. We hope you'll be entertained, and we certainly hope you'll be challenged. You can find out more about myself and about those guys by visiting our website, btgprogram.com. At the website, you can also find audio archives of past broadcasts and interviews, and you can also buy a BTG t-shirt. Get yourself a BTG t-shirt, the proceeds of which support our ministry. Keep us on the air. You can also follow us on Twitter, at BTG Program. Guys, you remember that classic overtime victory last, uh, well, I guess it would have been this past winter, the Seattle Seahawks in last year's NFC Championship game over the Packers? Sure you do. The Seahawks, Russell Wilson, takes that huge hit from Clay Matthews during the game and yet returns and carries those Hawks to win uh, and, and propels them into the Super Bowl. Well, in an article this week in Rolling Stone, Wilson credits the healing characteristics of reliant recovery water why he was able to get on the field and stay on the field. Wilson is quoted in the article as saying, I banged my head during the Packers game in the playoffs, and the next day I was fine. It was the water. (laughs) He also mentions a teammate, though he didn't mention him by name, whose knee injury was healed thanks to the water. Now, Mark Rogers, who is Wilson's agent, he did try to slow things down just a little bit and pointed out that they're not saying that they have any real medical proof. By the way, Russell Wilson is an investor in this product and stands to gain financially (laughs) (laughs) by its market success. And following his agent's cautious remarks, he says, I know it works, and soon you're going to be able to order it straight from Amazon. (laughs) I'm sure it's just a coincidence that it's something that he owns a stake in. Yeah, I was waiting for that. Sure, it's just a coincidence, but they do say it's the nanobubbles. He, re- he released a tweet that says okay. he, he believes in this stuff, and it is scientifically proven that nanobubbles are the reason that it's, it has such healing characteristics. Okay. I kind of like Russell wasn't less now. Just saying. I, this seems like it's right up there with seeing Jesus on a piece of toast or something, you know, like, oh, yeah, this water. <laughs> I'm not completely told. I'm quite certain you guys have been following the World Track and Field Championships in Beijing, right? Totally, totally. I'm all all over this. And just when you thought Jamaica's Usain Bolt might be slowing down at the ripe old age of 29 years old, he goes out and beats Justin Gatlin of the U.S. in both the 100 and 200 meter races and wins his 10th overall gold at the Worlds. You might remember it was in Beijing during the Olympics where he first bolted 
onto the scene. Oh, see what you did there. I hated it. And in the seven years since, he's not lost. He's not lost a major 200-meter race. But if you haven't seen the video. I could beat him. Shortly after winning that race, a cameraman, cameraman's following him on one of those segways. The cameraman <laughs> then hits what looks like a guardrail and plows into Bolt from behind. Takes him flat out. You see Bolt flipping over the guy and flipping over backwards. Both were okay. Bolt goes over, checks on the cameraman as well. But can you imagine? They better get Bolt some recovery water. Oh, <laughs> can can you imagine what would have happened? I mean, how much trouble oh, this man. guy would have been if you take out the fastest runner in the world, the the top athlete in track and field, and you go ahead and take him out? You know, them segways go pretty fast. I, I, I see a guy riding one all the time. You had to hit him pretty hard. Well, he, he wasn't going full speed. He's, he's video and behind the guy. So obviously he's just creeping along, but still, even so, he could be moving slow. It, it still probably hurts. How about animals? All these animals in sports, ECHL team, the Greenville, what were once the road warriors, a uh, affiliation with your New York Rangers, Zach, are now going to be the swamp rabbits. Have you ever heard of a swamp rabbit? Yeah, I what never is heard a swamp until this came out. It's a train. Apparently, it is it is a train. The the article I read in CBSSports.com that gives you gives a full description. It's basically a history lesson of this railroad that <laughs> connects Greenville with the rich coal fields of Tennessee. And uh, the railroad received its nickname, the Swamp Rabbit, by locals who used the freight train as a means of transportation to picnic, picnic, in northern Greenville County. The Greenville Swamp Rabbits. It's a cool logo, though. Like you've seen awesome, it. It is an awesome. A hockey stick made out of a carrot. It is a terrific logo. They're going to sell some merchandise. I'm sure of that. I don't think it's as good as the Fresno Tacos, though. It's oh, pretty darn is. good. I'll tell you, it's pretty darn good. Now, the Arizona Diamondbacks also have a thing for animals. I don't know if you've seen it recently. They had found a praying mantis. The praying mantis has been living Ever since they found it, they found it on a ball bag, and it's been living in a coffee mate box. <laughs> they have kept this thing. Reportedly, they've even got it a seat on the team plane. Well, now they've got a hamster, and the hamster's just rolling around the locker room in, the, in <laughs> one of those little hamster balls. It goes into the office, and it's a little team mascot, they say. Um, they can't have a rattlesnake, so they figure they would have a a hamster. Because that's just as good. Same a praying thing. mantis and a hamster. What? They really get the praying mantis a seat. Yeah, I don't know. That's this is points. why professional athletes go broke, because they pay for stuff like that. The Pittsburgh Steelers this week signed quarterback Michael Vick. Now, the timing, though, may not have been all that great. Wednesday was National Dog Day. The Steelers <laughs> signed him Tuesday night. Now, like me, the Steelers probably had no idea it was National Dog Day. Who, who knew this was even a thing? But they found out quickly when protesters used the opportunity to protest the signer. Oh, get one, over it, people. One protester held up a sign that read, First Ben, now Vic, what next? And another said, Jail time is not enough. Ban Vic from football. Now, let me stop right there for a second. Let me, let me stop before I read you a ridiculously foolish quote from a season ticket holder who was among these protesters. Jail time is not enough? Why, why is it not enough? Did the man not serve his time? Why should he then be denied to make a living, especially if he's rehabilitated from his criminal ways? 
I believe in forgiveness. I believe in second chances. Now, I also believe in consequences, and I, I think Michael Zvick suffered them. Yes. He spent nearly two years mm-hmm. in prison, and I am in no way condoning the actions that brought about those consequences. But let me ask you, stupid sign holder, <laughs> <laughs> what if it were you? I mean, what if it were you? Should you never be allowed to work in the field where you are best able to make a living? I mean, never? Never? Michael Vick has said he plans to get involved in local dog advocacy advocacy efforts very soon. He's also been working with the Humane Society. He's done a lot of things that he says he's very proud of. Michael Vick is not a repeat offender. This was a man who committed an illegal act, paid the price, and now should be free to continue his career if he is physically able to and has the ability to do so. I mean, if there's another offense, go hold your sign. Vic says, here's a quote, he says, After going through what I went through, what transpired, the best thing to do is to make, is to try to make amends for what I did. I can't take it back. Only thing I can do is try to inform the masses of kids to not go down the same road I went down. Now, I know words can be deceiving, but he sounds pretty darn reformed to me. And by the way, first Ben and now Vic, let me just say that while both alleged offenses are vile and disgusting, One man's was against a human being, and yet you are out there cheering him on each and every Sunday that he plays. By the way, the season ticket holder, Natalie Awesh, I I hope I pronounced that right, she was among those protesting the signing. Natalie said this, this move is embarrassing. It's upsetting. I'm angry. Okay, you have a right to feel that way if you wish. But then she continued, I'm not going to be able to go to the games and have fun and watch with my family. The season is ruined for me as long as he's on the team. Because of your backup quarterback? Wow. Dear lady, dear lady, you go ahead, make your own choices. But you mean to tell me that you're going to let a backup quarterback, a backup quarterback, and who knows where he actually ends up on the Steelers' depth chart, a backup quarterback is going to keep you from enjoying a football game with your family. A backup quarterback is going to ruin your season. What the heck do you think? He's, he's going to beat a dog while clearing that clipboard on the sideline? <laughs> I mean, what do you think he's going to do with the thing? I mean, come on, lady, don't be so foolish. You have season tickets to the Pittsburgh Steelers, for crying out loud. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not... The Jacksonville Jaguars, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. If you are going to let a backup quarterback, who's probably going to do little more than walk around the sidelines holding a clipboard, if you're going to let that guy ruin something you enjoy with your family because of an act which he spent two years in prison over and now works to make others aware of its evil, if you let that happen, then you are a fool, and you ought to give those tickets to somebody who actually does love their Steelers. Steeler Nation, I know it's not all of you, Probably not even close to most of you, but it is a few of you. You need to check yourself on this one. You need to give that man a chance and let him prove himself to you. And, and something else, Benson, you alluded to this. Vic hurt dogs, okay? And there are so many other players in the NFL that have hurt human beings. And you're not seeing stories about like people holding signs like, don't let him play because he hurt a human being and he served his time. You're only seeing this about Vic. People seem to care more about someone hurting a dog than someone hurting another human being. And this is just getting really old to me. You're absolutely right. Benson and Those Guys is brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Visit them on the web, townandcountrysolutions.com. We'll be back right after the break. This is Benson and Those Guys. 
title sponsor of Benson and those guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at Town & Country Solutions. Town and Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. 1070 or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. Eric Carmen and the Raspberries. Pretty good, Zach. Man, just you're the most creative guy over there with this music. <laughs> I have all kinds of stuff, so I like to mix and match. Man, I guess you do. You're all over the map. Welcome back to the program, Benson and those guys at BTG Program. Check out our fine sponsors, Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. They have a link on their website to their YouTube channel. There are a number of very entertaining videos. The Town & Country guys, including American Ninja Warrior contestant Pavel Fizuk, the exterminator doing things nobody in their right mind would do, Town & Country Pest Solutions, townandcountrysolutions.com. I just opened my latest edition of Sports Illustrated magazine, and I see that Sammy Watson made the news. Not that one. Sammy Watson from a uh, young lady from a junior at Rush Henrietta High School ran a personal best 203.54 to win the 800 meters at the World Youth Championships in Cali, Colombia. Uh, the piece in here, this is in the in SI's Faces in the Crowd. Samantha Sammy Watson. She also anchored the U.S.'s uh, winning 1600 co-ed relay. And it says the New York Gatorade Track Athlete of the Year. Sammy set a meet record in the 400 and won the 1500 at the state championships in June. So nice to see Sammy Watson, local, what would you say, celebrity at this point, right? You're in Sports uh, Illustrated. I guess You're so. a celebrity. I don't know what any of that stuff is that it says she did, but it sounds difficult. So, <laughs> so I'm a... I, I'm still a bit miffed. This guy, a little earlier today, j just frosted my fanny. I'm at that stupid intersection in Greece or Parma. I I'm not sure really what it is. It's West Ridge Road, Manitou Road. It's a terrible intersection. Whatever town I think it is, they, they think they fixed the problem by designating the right-hand lane as a right-turn-only lane. And, of course, whatever genius made the decision to make it a right turn only puts an arrow on the pavement without any, there's no sign hanging from the signal light. There's nothing. All there is is an arrow on the pavement. So unless you already know, or until you actually drive just about on top of the arrow, you'd never know. So of course what happens is when someone is making a left off Manitou onto Ridge, 
any number of cars use what is supposed to be the right turn only lane to go around them and then end up going straight on Manitou across the intersection. So I'm going straight, but I, being a law-abiding citizen, stay in back of the car in front of me, which is turning left. And once he makes a left, I proceed to safely move through the intersection. The only problem is some jack wagon tries to go around <laughs> us on the right, of course using the right turn only lane, only he is not turning right. Instead, he too is going straight through the intersection. So now here we both are. We're side by side going through the intersection <laughs> as the lane narrows to a single lane. Now I suppose technically it's already a, a one lane road, which of course I am the rightful entitlee to the lane. So being the safety-minded, courteous driver that I am, I slow down and move ahead to let him move ahead. Only he does the same thing. Now, of course, I'm giving him a look as I do this, <laughs> but he, he does the same thing. He also slowed down. See, you'd think he would have known that I was not turning. I had no indicator on. I'm obviously going straight. So there we both are, practically stopped in the middle of maybe the worst intersection on the west side of the city. <laughs> So, naturally, I guess it, and he naturally follows suit. But my vehicle, fortunately, had a few more of the essential minerals, so <laughs> I, I, I got out in front of him, and he settles in behind me. So now we're, we're going up Manitou, and I can see in my rearview mirror, I see his flailing arms. <laughs> I see his one-finger salute, and I immediately assume that he must listen to our radio show and know, telling me we're number one. <laughs> But uh, I, I can read his lips. I'm quite certain he doesn't want to thank me for at least attempting to let him in or for leading us safely through the intersection. The guy is right on my tail, and he is swerving left and right in an attempt to express his dissatisfaction for me, like I did anything wrong. I'm like, bro, carry your own baggage, man. I'm not your valet. Stop blaming me for your problems. Now, obviously... Based on his actions, he's not very bright. He's probably <laughs> frustrated by his low IQ. But it's not my fault. You created the problem. You created the mistake. And if there's been a, if there was a been an accident, it would have been on him, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Guy must have been in one of those NFL rookie camps, and someone told him to go get a fall guy to blame your stuff on. <laughs> That's where this is going. That's where this is going. If you missed it. And one of the bigger stories from this past week, a video surfaced in which former NFL star, receiver, and current ESPN analyst Chris Carter at the 2014 NFL Rookie Symposium told a group of assembled NFC rookies that if you got a crew, you have to have a fall guy in the crew. And just in case y'all not going to decide to do the right thing, if y'all got a crew, you got to have a fall guy in the crew. <laughs> All right? Now, I let my homeboys know. Y'all want to keep rolling like this? Then I need to know who's going to be the fall guy, who's going to be driving, because y'all not going to all do the right stuff now. All right? So I got to teach y'all how to get around all this stuff, too. If you're going to have a crew, one of them fools got to know he going to jail. We'll get him out. We'll get him out. <laughs> now you can hear Warren Sapp laughing in the background. Unimaginable. What Chris Carter is doing here. It's been reported, I assume by NFL officials, not to repeat the statements 
in in his talk with the AFC rookies, he was told not to repeat it. But a number of AFC players claimed that Carter made comments very similar to what was just heard in that video. In fairness to Carter, he did apologize on ESPN's Monday Night Countdown, saying, I would never tell young people to break the law to avoid prosecution. It was bad advice. I really, really regretted my words when I heard them come back to me. I take it very, very seriously. I do regret that day. I hope moving forward that the NFL still has enough trust in me and have me connected to their young people. As we move forward, just like anything else, I hope I move forward, I hope I learn from it, and I hope it makes me better. I hope my reaction in the next situation is better than that one there. That's a great apology. That's a good, uh, he took ownership, he, he, he mm-hmm. did it. But what in the world were you thinking? Now, of course, former giant, former Steeler, Plaxico Burris, who you probably remember, accidentally shot himself in the leg in 2008 in a New York City nightclub. He was subsequently jailed for 20 months for having that firearm in his possession. He said through Twitter, I've never tried to blame somebody for my choices, decisions, and consequences I suffered, and the consequences I suffered. I looked in the mirror first, hashtag rookie symposium. In a follow-up tweet, he says, in all seriousness, I've made some choices that have resulted in some consequences that I can never get back, but not one time did I blame someone else. I've always stood up, been accountable, and accepted full responsibility for my actions. Brandon Marshall of the New York Jets said, I believe that is the reality of a certain culture, but I don't believe in that. I believe you should try to be your best every single day. Good for him. Good for him. I have to imagine that Chris Carter was trying to be humorous. We heard Warren Sapp laughing, but he definitely got tripped up along the way. I mean, you hear the laughter, but yet he keeps going. And it can't be what he meant because to say that and mean that is just so foolish. You know what I wonder? I wonder if he was trying to be cool, if he was trying to be gangster like me, you know, <laughs> you know, try, trying to be the man, starts talking some big stuff, and it just just got away from him, man. It just snowballed. He couldn't have really meant that, right? Although if he had, it's nothing new. It may be a lack of integrity, but it's not new. Way back in the Garden of Eden, in man's original sin, Adam looked for a fall guy. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 12, he tried to blame the woman. He even tried to blame God because God had given him the woman. Eventually, when God turned to Eve, the blame went to the ultimate fall guy, Satan. The devil made me do it. But the fact is, in the Garden of Eden, they were responsible. Adam and Eve were responsible. They knew the rules. They knew the consequences. They were, they were told the rules and consequences for breaking those rules in chapter 2. A wise person does not try to hide their sin, does not try to blame others for them. As Adam and Eve found out, you can't hide from God anyway. There's a great, there's a great victory in taking personal responsibility, dealing honestly and acknowledging and confessing our sins. Doing this, we have the assurance of forgiveness of sins. 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We've all sinned and we can't hide them from God. Sure, we might be able to fool our friends. I could probably fool you guys. You're a couple of idiots. <laughs> but you true. can't fool God. When he confronted them, God was giving Adam and Eve the chance to confess their sin to him, but they didn't. And notice that they fell out of fellowship with him. That's what happens when we have unconfessed sin in our life. 
there are consequences for the decisions that we make in our life. And fall guy or not, you're responsible for them. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Our society will try to tell you that you are not responsible for your actions. Chris Carter may may try to tell you to shift the blame to someone else, but God's word tells us that we are responsible for our own actions. God is faithful. He's faithful He's faithful to forgive our sins if we confess them to him because he loves us. And while he, not, he will not take the blame for your sins, Jesus Christ actually offers to suffer the consequences of, the, of them on your behalf. In fact, he already has when he gave himself on the cross. If you believe that, and confess your sins looking for forgiveness, and you can be free from the consequences. And the worst decision that we can make in life is to reject the free gift of salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. This is Benson and Those Guys brought to you by Town & Country, Pest Solutions. First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, New York, will be hosting a missions conference September 20th through the 23rd. It's called Counting the Cost, and you will have an opportunity to meet and hear from missionaries to the farthest parts of the globe who have been sent out from FBBC. They will tell you firsthand how they counted the cost and saw it worthy for the cause of Christ. The guest speaker throughout the conference will be Evangelist Tim Lee. Tim is a dynamic and powerful speaker, and you are sure to be blessed. Once a rebellious teenager, the son of a Baptist minister... Tim once walked the streets in violent protest to all ordained authority in the home, the church, and the school. Tim's remarkable story includes a landmine in Vietnam putting him in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. Hear this powerful man of God speak at First Bible Baptist Church in Hilton, September 20th through the 23rd. For more information, visit the church's website at fbbc.info. That's fbbc.info. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com. Welcome back to Benson and those guys. Visit our website, btgprogram.com, or follow us on Twitter, at btgprogram. I want to ask the moron twins, what, what have you, what have you Not guys... Not even twins. What have you guys been doing? You guys have to, because you're such nerds, have to have spent the majority of your week preparing your fantasy football teams. I mean, how many leagues Absolutely. are you in? How many leagues are you in? Too many. Yeah, I'm only in two, but I have spent most of my week doing that. And the two leagues you're in, there's a financial there, there is outlay. A, yeah, the one I'm a commissioner of one, and there's a good payout at the end of the year, so I pay most attention to that one. It's really the only way to get the other teams in your league to all pay attention and be active. Because if it's a, charge a lot of money, if it's a free league, once somebody starts out zero and three or whatever, they're like, oh, forget this, and then they mm-hmm. they're not active. If people pay to play, they will be active. I am inactive and couldn't care any less before it even starts. <laughs> I loathe this fantasy sports. This entire week before my draft of the league I run, I don't sleep. Like Mandy, my wife, yelled at me because I'm sitting in bed with the iPad poking around doing my millionth mock draft. So, Yeah, that that's what your wife wants. You <laughs> next to her in bed worrying about 
fantasy football. I, win, I think I think your priorities are a little mixed up. I could win like <laughs> six hundred bucks for just having fun. So you guys, did you pick anybody for your? Have you you picked your teams? You no, drafted your teams. My draft is uh, is tonight actually. Okay. Anybody that you have on your board that is now injured in a preseason football game? Yeah, I have Jordy Nelson on one of my teams. Yeah, now they're off your board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, in one of my leagues, I have already drafted him. So luckily, drafted too soon. Yeah. Well, that was a free one. That was just an experiment, but how didn't how, work out. Yeah. They have to shorten the preseason, don't they? Now, now, Jordy Nelson aside, because that was kind of a freak thing. That could have happened in practice. It uh-huh. wasn't a result of a hit, but. I mean, the preseason to me is a mess. One, if you're not playing these guys, why are you charging people full price for these games to watch guys that are probably not, or a good number of them aren't even going to be on a roster come right. opening day? Mm-hmm. Give the tickets away. Play two games, give the tickets away, figure out some way. I know the, the owners of football are not going to give tickets away, certainly not a full stadium worth. But my goodness, to pay full price. But why should I pay a, a, a regular season price for a ticket to go to a game and watch a running back that the Bills just signed off the street because all of their running backs are hurt? Because that, that's what just happened this it'd past be like, week. It'd be like paying full price to see me running. Well, who wouldn't want to do that? <laughs> to see me run? Yeah, it's a oh, rare yeah. sight. My favorite is watching you dive. I, I just think the, the, the preseason, you've got to cut it to two. Would you blame a coach? Let me ask you, if, if a coach did not play any of his starters, you paid whatever price no. to get in the stadium, you go see your Bills. You both are Bills fans, big Bills fans. You go to the game, you want to see your starters, and in week one or two, not one starter no, it's fine played in the me. game. That's fine with me. The, the Vikings that's what I'd do, do if I was a coach. Yeah, the Vikings do it with uh, Adrian Peterson, and it's a great idea. You want to know who's going to be playing week one? Adrian Peterson, because he didn't get hurt in a meaningless, stupid game. That's what I. That's what I would do. I mean, the fourth preseason game, the starters play like one drive and come out. Anyways, the whole the rest of the game is is just scrubs. The only thing that preseason really does is help guys that maybe you've never heard of possibly make the team and play special teams. I'm thinking of you, Marcus Easley. USC's head football coach Steve Sarkeesian has banned parents from attending practice. Seems like it should be a rule anyway. Here's his explanation. I want to give our players the best chance to come out here every day, perform really well, and not worry about any outside distractions, um, be able to come over to you guys and express themselves in a positive light. Um, and when it's done, if they want to go have breakfast or lunch with their families, that's great. Um, but, but I just felt like in the best interest of our team, it was the right thing to do. Um, time will tell. We'll see what happens. Does that mean that you thought there were some distractions with parents in practice in the past? Or? No, I just, you know, at the end of every year, you look at yourself, you look at your program, you look at everything you do, and you say, how can we improve? What can we do to get better? Whether it's the schemes we run on offense, defense, or special teams, whether it's um, the style in which we play, whatever that may be. And, and I felt like that was one aspect where I felt like we could improve, where we could, you know, give our players a better chance to come out here focused on what they need to do to get themselves prepared to play for Saturday. So that's why we did what we did. Sarkeesian also made news when he appeared at an official USC event and went on stage before parents, who he's now banned, students, alumni, boosters, and he was, he was drunk. 
He was drunk and he and he used a bunch. He used foul language. Now he's disclosed that he had mixed alcohol with prescription meds, and, and many of the people have wondered. I've seen comments all over the internet. Why? Why is this even a story? Why is this a story? Let me say this. You want to ban parents from practice, go ahead. I can't imagine it actually affects all that many people anyway. How many parents are really there? Right? However, when you are on display in an official capacity as a representative of the university and you are drunk and you don't even have enough respect for your audience that, that you're using foul language, there's a problem, and that's why it's a story. Well, so what if you had a few drinks and swore? As a parent... Don't you want to know if this is a part of a larger problem? I mean, there have been rumors dating back to his days in Washington. But more than anything, I find the timing for not wanting parents around to just be a little curious. Sarkeesian has said that he plans to seek some unspecified treatment. Treatment? For what? Is there a problem? Exactly why don't you want the parents around? Why don't you, why do you think you need help? What treatment is it you think you need? Is this a leader that the university is comfortable trusting its students to? Is this a leader that parents are comfortable trusting their young men to? Is this the recruiter? Is this the recruiter that, who, who's going to be in living rooms of top recruits telling moms and dads to trust him and care for their son? As a parent, as a player, as a university official, aren't you just a little curious if he's in a place where should he even be coaching right now? I think it's a situation that needs to be carefully monitored. And USC's athletic director, Pat Hayden, says there will be no disciplinary action at this time. I know this is your buddy, your buddy who you jettisoned Ed Orgeron for. And Pat Hayden doesn't think formal discipline is necessary at this time? Think about USC recently. You had Pete Carroll. He left, left with the program with sanctions on it coming in. He got, he escaped basically. Then you had to, you get the chaos that was Lane Kiffin. Hayden defended him for a long time before finally having no other options but to finally let him go. You'd think after Carroll and Kiffin, you have the bar just a little bit higher right now. I suspect that the university president is, is watching this pretty closely, and rightfully so. USC is a highly regarded football team this year. If they underachieve, it might be time to send Pat Hayden down the road and ask him to take his buddies with him. I mean, come on, USC, you're better than this, aren't you? Is that what you want? Chicago Bulls guard Derek Rose has to be a little concerned. I guess he's got more to worry about than just staying healthy for a full season and trying to lead the Chicago Bulls to a title. Rose this week, through a spokesman, denied allegations that he and his friends drugged and raped a woman back in 2013. He did confirm that uh, the relationship with the woman, he, he was in it for over two years. He says it was uh, non-exclusive and consensual. The woman claims that Rose and two friends invited her to Rose's home in Beverly Hills that they slipped their drug into her drink with the hopes of raping her. She says that she managed to escape with a friend, but later that night, Rose and his pals broke into her apartment and gang-raped her. This sounds crazy. I mean, in the statement, Rose's spokesman points out that the woman is now on her third lawyer regarding the matter in an attempt to move the suit forward. According to a report in TMZ, the woman is seeking unspecified damage. And who knows if this is true? I know of at least two people who do. Derek Rose and this unnamed woman. 
at minimum. At minimum, authorities have an obligation to investigate the complaint. They have to investigate it. If the claims are false, then there will have been a waste of time and money just investigating this, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who's accountable mm-hmm. for that? Is, is there any payback for that? Is there any accountability? Again, if they're false, if they're false, and it's beyond unfair to Rose, who, again, if they're false, he just needs to focus on his basketball. He needs to get back on the court. He needs to help the Chicago Bulls. And nobody, star athlete or not, wants to deal with this. This is serious. Nobody wants to deal with this type of accusation. I mean, beyond the legal system, there's also, you know, the court of public opinion. And just based on this accusation, people are going to condemn him without without any factual knowledge. They're not going to want to know anything. He's guilty in their mind. And who's accountable for that? Who's accountable for the, the, the hit that his reputation takes? Again, I'm assuming if they're false. Who's accountable for the distraction to him, to his teammates, to, to his employer? But if it's true, then Rose most certainly needs to be held accountable. He needs to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And without the slap on the wrist that money or fame often seems to afford. What strikes me is that, according to the report, she claims to have waited two years before filing the suit because she was ashamed and embarrassed. She was struggling with the fact that her conservative family would find out. Now, I I can't imagine as a rape dealing with, you know, as a victim dealing with the the shame and the embarrassment. I, I can't pretend to understand that. But if you're worried about your family finding out that that you were having an affair that you weren't who they thought you were, don't have the affair. Mm-hmm. If you're worried about your conservative family, don't have the affair. Be sure your sin will find you out. My advice to people, straight out of First Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Stop putting yourself in these situations. Stop being in compromising situations. You don't want your spouse you're thinking of that, to know that you're thinking about having an affair? Well, don't sign up for an online cheating site. <laughs> I mean, some people are, that's a tragic situation. It's Ashley Madison that people are taking their lives mm-hmm. out of fear that people are going to know. I don't know if this is true. I saw something on social media, so, you know, it's got to be true, right? Can't put anything on the Internet that isn't true. That There's, there's something like 41,000 zip codes in the United States, and all but three of them were represented on that hack list. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, that's an unimaginable number. So I, I, I do, I have to question its truth, but that's, that's significant. Now look, not comp, not putting yourself in that situation. That's not necessarily going to l- eliminate every unmerited accusation, but don't you think it's certainly going to weed some of them out? Here's a, here's a, here's an example. You guys can claim you saw me at a Chinese restaurant. It's fairly believable. I've been known to eat at a Chinese restaurant from time to time. <laughs> or but, every day. But it's much harder to claim you saw me at a strip club. I don't go there. And if and if you said, hey, man, I saw you at a strip club, that's not really going to be real believable. I'm not there. Derek Rose and others can go a long way to avoiding these type of situations by by not running around. Speaking of the college, uh, the Chicago Bulls, though, Zach, Zach, you forwarded me that article, that Michael Jordan article. It's quite dated. It goes back to February of 2013, but it was a great piece, and it focused on Michael Jordan and the emptiness he feels since leaving the game of basketball. 
He's quoted as saying that he would give up everything to go back and play. And when asked about how he replaces the passion, the energy he got from playing the game, he says, you don't. You just kind of learn to live with it. I mean, that's, that, that's got to be a hollow feeling. I found it ironic in a way. In that article, it says that Jordan's private security team assigned him the code name Yahweh, which is a Hebrew word for God. A Yahweh? I thought that was kind of a little weird. Well, it's ironic. Jordan has this burning emptiness inside him. For a time, he filled it with basketball. That's why he's such a fierce competitor. He allegedly, he's quite a high-stakes gambler on the golf course, a card table, the best. Everything has a wage to it. Everything's for money. He needs to have something riding on the game so he can feel that rush. In his 2009 Hall of Fame speech, Jordan described basketball as his refuge and the place I've gone when I needed to find comfort and peace. That's interesting, considering that's the ironic part about it, where his code name by his security team is Yahweh. <laughs> I mean, basketball is only going to satisfy for a time. It's a temporary fix. It's not a long-term solution for comfort, for peace. Playing golf for money is not going to be a long-term solution. True comfort and peace are found in God. So we say, ironically, the, the code name he goes by. It's a great article. I don't know where you dug that out from. I'll tweet it from our show account for anyone who wants to read it. It was, it was an interesting article. Let's take a break. Coming up after the break, we'll talk a little baseball. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Title sponsor of Benson and Those Guys is Town & Country Pest Solutions. The warm weather is here to stay, but so are those pesky critters. Bees are beginning to build their hives, ants are driving everyone nuts, and spiders seem to be popping up in every corner of the house. But thanks to Town & Country Pest Solutions, these nuisances can be no more. If you have a serious problem that needs to be controlled, give them a call. I'm not just advertising for them. I am a customer, and believe me, they have the solution for any pest problem. I've mentioned it before, and it's still true. They have been in business for over 25 years, and their team of knowledgeable professionals guarantee their work. Call Town & Country today at 585-426-5024. That's 585-426-5024. Or visit them online at townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions. They fear nothing but God. McAfee's Remodeling is a full-service remodeling company, locally owned and operated for nearly two decades. McAfee's team of professionals can help remodel or replace your windows, and for exterior and interior remodels, no one beats their personal and professional service. Call McAfee's Remodeling at 585-402-1070. That's 585-402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. So we're about to enter the final month of the regular season for Major League Baseball, shaping up to be a wild ride down the stretch. The AL East will be interesting to see if uh, Toronto can distance themselves from the Yankees. Which They are playing I, I, well right now, man. I kind of think they are going to. The mm -hmm. Yankees are are falling. Those same Yankees who, who, apart from Zach, many didn't give any hope for making the playoffs i i the the yankee team that's been playing recently is kind of the team that i kind of thought we'd exactly see. you got 
an older team, and this was one of the concerns that down the stretch would they begin to fade, and, and maybe what, they are. What bothers me is they waited till after the trade deadline to all fall apart like this. Well, I think what you're seeing is they are where they are because Tashera and A-Rod were way better than anyone dared to hope, and those two guys look like two old guys that have hit a wall. So you have to sit them to rest them, but the guys that are filling in for them are... You know, we saw Brendan Ryan play right field the other day. It's on pitch. It, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's those two guys, if they don't bounce back, the Yankees are toast, I think. But, you know, Andy Martino had an article in the New York Daily News, and he said uh, it's a little too early to say the Yankees did the right thing by not trading these young prospects. Well, I, don't, I, I disagree. I don't think it's too early. I don't think the Yankees ever really went into this year thinking they had a shot at the World Series. I, they've been playing – it's been exciting. I still think they got th- that great start that they had will get them into the playoffs, but I, I think they overplayed themselves. But I still think it's a great idea to hang on to those guys because next year is what I'm really excited for. But I'm still hoping we'll we'll see what happens. I I, th- I still think Toronto's playing above themselves right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're as good as this team. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they are that good, but I just don't. Th- I I think they're playing above themselves right now. Now, the AL Central, the Royals have a large lead, but the wild card is doing exactly what it's designed to do, which is keep more teams in in the playoff Mm -hmm. hunt. Mm -hmm. The Minnesota Twins find themselves well out of the division, but right in the thick of things for the wild card race. Out west, you got the Rangers and and the Angels uh, very much in it. The Houston Astros with with a fairly comfortable lead. The National League's a bit more of a clearer picture the the Mets surprising New York Mets leading the east and the preseason darlings the Washington Nationals fading and really hovering right around 500 mark they're sinking like a rock it, nobody saw this coming i mean they were my pick considering what looked like dominant pitching staff but they need to win the division because at this point the wild card looks to be out of reach can, can they even catch the Mets at this point they got a few games. I think they got three games with the Mets. The last I looked, I think they're six and a half games back. So if they're able to take it to the Mets in that series, you put yourself in striking position. But as as of the time of this recording, they're one game above five hundred. Who saw that coming this late in the season? Right. You know, really catching the Mets is a long shot. It's not an impossibility. I think the Phillies got a chance. <laughs> Out west, the Dodgers have the lead, but the Giants find themselves in position to make a run. And the rivalry between those teams should make that race down the stretch real exciting. But the National League Central Division, that's where the top teams are. The Cardinals, mm-hmm. the Pirates, the Cubs, all with comfortable leads, are all probably going to make the playoffs. And it's so exciting because these are teams with great fan bases. They've been around a long time. They're part of the history, the tradition of the, tradition of the game of baseball. But how crazy is it to think that the Chicago Cubs, with all that great talent, have a real shot to go deep in the playoffs? Not that crazy. Remember, I think someone by the name of Darren said they're going to surprise some people this year. And they may go deep in the playoffs, or because the wild card is a one-game plan, they could also be bounced out just as quickly. They're the third best team in the NL, but they're third in their own division. That's crazy to me. But how about the St. Louis Cardinals? This has been the best team in the they're major awesome. leagues for most of the season. And this without having having lost Adam Wainwright back in April. They lost Jordan Walden out of the bullpen. They were without Matt Holiday for a great chunk of time. And they find themselves with the best record in the league. 
and on pace to be the majors' only 100-win team. It's crazy because you look at the guys that have spent time on the disabled list, pretty much every player on that team that you say they can't afford to lose, they've lost them at some point, and they still have the best record in the game. If the playoffs started today, you'd have to say the St. Louis Cardinals would, would be the favorite to win it all. I know the Dodgers have the great pitching. They have a tremendous one-two punch with Clayton, Kershaw, and Zach Granke. But then again, the Nationals were thought to have tremendous pitching. They wouldn't even be in the playoffs if it started today. And Like I said, quite frankly, they got to be a long shot to even make it because they're catching the Mets. Mets got a nice lead. We hear so much about the Washington Nationals, the Dodgers, the, the pitching rotations, and yet somehow, even without Adam Wainwright, the Cardinals have amassed the lowest team ERA since any any team since 1972. It's remarkable. They've won with such consistency over the past number of years, and now you just sort of expect that the Cardinals will be in the playoffs. It's more or less a concession. That's why they've so quietly gone about their business. You hear plenty about the Mets. You hear plenty about the Blue Jays. Even the Cubs, you hear a lot about the Cubs, and as Darren said, they're in third place, well behind the Cardinals. You don't hear about the Cardinals. Why? Because it's just sort of been conceded that, of course, the Cardinals are going to be there. Of course. Why wouldn't they be? They've always been among the best franchises in all of baseball. Always. I mean, how can one ever definitively say which franchise is the best? I mean, that's one of those titles that's probably going to get passed around and Depends on so many different variables. But if you look at consistency, I think you'd have to agree that teams like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Giants, the Cardinals, they're all in that conversation for the best franchise in, in, in baseball. Mm-hmm. Well, the Red Sox, they've been bouncing back from first to last, back to first, back to last. And with the unsettlement in their front office, I, I think right now the St. Louis Cardinals are the best organization in baseball. Even with that messy business with allegedly stealing inside information from the Astros. But even that there, that doesn't seem to stick. It doesn't seem to have any impact on the Cardinals. They're just above it all. They play consistent baseball. They're successful. Their preparation and their planning, it always seems like they have somebody to step in and fill a void when someone goes down with an injury. Their cohesiveness, their teamwork. There was an interesting quote from, uh, Randall Greichuk in, in, in the recent Sports Illustrated, he was he was obtained by the Cardinals from the Angels for David Freeze. He was was he the MVP Freeze World Series MVP? Yeah. Yeah. So here's this St. Louis hero being shipped out for Greichuk, who <laughs> now he's really lighting the team. Uh, he says the guy that helped them the most is John Jay. The very John Jay who's playing time and possibly even spot on the team is impacted by Greichuk's performance. That That's teamwork. That's that kind of professionalism, that kind of dedication to the cause is why the Cardinals' organization is successful, and his approach is key. Here he is. He's a guy helping the guy who ultimately, at least in part, may cost him a roster spot. I think that's how it should be in the church. When you become a believer in Christ, you not only you receive an indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but not only that, each believer is gifted with a talent which we can use to make the organization successful. The organization, in this case, being the advancement of the gospel. Maybe you can sing, maybe you can teach, maybe you can build something. You have a, a special affection for children. First Corinthians chapter twelve teaches of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's a point it's important to point out that it also teaches how no one 
is any more important than another. John Jay is no more important than, than the other Cardinals. I mean, the Cardinals go about their business thinking, we're in this together. Nobody's more important than somebody else, and that's how it ought to be. You may have talent for playing an instrument or singing in the choir. Someone else may teach in Sunday school, but nobody's more important. Even the pastor is no more important in his role than is the person changing diapers in the nursery. If you're doing what God has called you to do and what he has specifically given you a gift to do, then take pleasure in knowing that you are exactly where he wants you to be. The Cardinals are successful because every member of their team is fulfilling their role. They're not focusing on the importance of their individual roles, but are instead focused on the team as a whole and making that team successful. And that mindset will make the Cardinals very difficult to beat in October. Sometimes in ministry, people are unwilling to work with other people. You've probably seen that. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of ugly. Obviously, it hurts a team. Perhaps they're uh, concerned with protecting their, role, role, their own role within the church. Their focus is no longer on the team, but it's obviously on themselves. God continuously gives and perfects our gifts and abilities. As he moves one person in, he may move another out into something else that they never imagined they could do. Don't be frightened by that, but rather trust in what he's doing and step out on faith, knowing that where God leads, he enables. Sometimes people doubt their own roles, they doubt their own abilities, and they never fully trust in God, and they miss out on the blessing he has in mind for them. And eventually God moves on. His work's going to get done, if not by you, by somebody else. So don't miss it. The journey's amazing when you fully trust in God and and you follow his lead. But at the same time, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, don't look down on someone else. Don't think what they do is not as important as what you do. Again, as we said, the focus then is off God and it's on you. It's easy for us sometimes to focus on our own areas of ministry, to view others with differing gifts who are involved in different ministries that they matter less or that they're somehow not as spiritual. God is astonishing in his diversity in how he does things. It's never quite the way it seems that we'd imagined it would be. And yet when the entire team, when the whole church, the full body of Christ are all working together, the miraculous things he chooses to do through his people are just countless. Now, I'm not saying the cardinals are a perfect working of God, but neither is the church. This is just a good reminder, though, of the importance of working together, putting aside our own individual aspirations for the betterment of the team. There are reminders out there all over, the illustrations, pictures of God's work. God is all around us. If only we'd open our eyes and see. You're listening to Benson and Those Guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Tim Hiller was striving for a prized roster spot with the Indianapolis Colts when six words changed everything. We have to let you go. In his new book, Strive, former collegiate and NFL quarterback Tim Hiller leads you on a year-long journey, taking small steps each week on the path to making your life matter and to developing more and more into the person God designed you to be. Strive by Tim Hiller, now available on Amazon or at timhiller.com. Now the moment we've all been waiting for. Tom Brady wears Uggs. I have no knowledge of anything. I have no explanation for what happened. The highlight of the show. I'm not going to let our fans down. The reason people tune in week after week. Said no one ever. Darren's Unreasonable Rant. 
I was out in Texas covering the Cowboys training camp earlier this week, and there's a certain buzz all throughout the grounds. There are some serious positive vibes, and you can tell that everyone thinks this season could be special. You look out the practice field and you see talent at every position, said quarterback Tony Romo. The offensive skills positions, a dominant offensive line, a defense that is noticeably better. We've had some talented teams in my time here, but nothing like this. I really think we have a shot to be the most underachieving team of all time. Cowboys tight end Jason Witten laughed at his quarterback statement, but did say most underachieving team of all time? That's quite a lot of pressure to put on us. We've had a lot of extremely underachieving teams over the years, but I guarantee, and you can write this down, that we will underachieve and head coach Jason Garrett dismissed much of the underachieving talk saying I don't want to hear that and I've told my players to stop saying it you can't expect you can't underachieve unless people expect good things out of you and no one who isn't a complete moron still expects the Cowboys to win anything the only way we would fail to meet expectations would be if we have postseason success and win the Super Bowl and I fully believe that that will not happen can you imagine if those guys had actually said those things (laughs) <laughs> it's not that far-fetched. They are the Cowboys. Yeah, that's true. Benson and those guys brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. We go around the room to conclude each show, give our pest of the week. My pest of the week, I don't know how it can't be Steve Sarkeesian. You can't be drunk and using foul language at university-sponsored events. No. My, uh, my pest of the week is the NFL. It's talked about every year, but they never change it. The preseason is terrible, and something needs to be done about it. My pest of the week, Houston Texans center Ben Jones, who, according to this week's Sports Illustrated, admitted to drinking a cup of a teammate's urine to win money in a bet. No. 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 Yeah, that that's foul. But let me tell you this. There was a time, and, you know, I early 20s, you know, I was playing. 1920s? No, I, I was in my early 20s. And, and we were, I was on a softball team and we were out afterwards celebrating a big softball victory. And one of the guys on the team takes off his cowboy boot. Now you gotta remember, I grew up down in, in the sticks and he poured a pitcher of beer in it and then passed it around the room. And every one of us took a little sip out of the cowboy boot. It wasn't pee, uh, but yeah, well, it was a team bonding thing, man. Dude, so take gross. A, take his cowboy boot out, filled it with drink, and passed it about, and everybody took a sip. See, it doesn't seem as gross to me right now because we just heard of a guy drinking pee, but that's disgusting. Right, that was man. the right time to tell that story. But yeah, <laughs> it, it was. Looking back, that's gross. <laughs> that's one of those things you look back and you go, "What was I thinking? Why <laughs> I have would anybody have ever done that?" But yeah, that. We want to thank you for joining us, Benson and those guys. Check out our sponsor, Town & Country, Town & Country Pest Solutions. You can visit their website, townandcountrysolutions.com. Visit our website, btgprogram.com. Like I said at the beginning of the show, we got a bunch of audio archives of previous broadcasts and interviews, and you can even get yourself a fine-looking BTG T-shirt. Benson and those guys, brought to you by Town & Country Pest Solutions. Oh.